Ed and Sue and Joyce. Can everybody give a big shout out to Ed and Sue and Joyce tonight? I was able to go by and see them today, and it's been six or seven months they haven't been able to come and just being smart and wise and staying away uh, with conditions that they deal with and stuff. So we just want them to know we still love them. Amen? So hello to them. They never miss a service. And uh, hello to all of you that are here in person. How many know it's better in person? Amen. It's always good to have it online, but there's nothing like being in the house. So I want to get into for the next couple weeks some stuff we're going to talk about for Christmas. But a couple quick announcements on that great offering that Pastor Mario just gave in that story is a great lead-in to something we want to remind everybody that we do every Christmas from no matter where your social status is or financial situation is, this is an opportunity. For years we've been doing something the Lord put on my heart many years ago uh, to do something called our best gift. And every Christmas we do it and we, we, it was for something personal for me and I just said whoever wants to be involved can be involved. You know, we give gifts at Christmas. How many like to give gifts and how many like to get gifts? Amen? It's, it's, part, it's, 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 a, it's just something we like as human beings to be able to give a gift to somebody, to be able to receive a gift. And so at Christmas time, when everybody's giving gifts, what, are we, what can we do without even knowing it? We can leave God out. We can just be so busy celebrating Jesus' birthday that we don't even involve Jesus. And that was something the Lord convicted me on a bunch of years ago. And it's like going to a birthday party and you're talking to everybody, celebrating everybody, singing everybody. And the person who's got the birthday party is sitting over on the couch by themselves and no one's talking to them. This is, we're celebrating the birth of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we don't want to give gifts to everybody else and leave the kingdom of God out. And so I I started many years ago saying, Lord, let let me personally bring a gift that is my best offering that I can give, for, not from tithe, from myself, from my offering to the Lord. And then I, I personally put it in a, in, a, in, a, in a wrap it and I put it in a bag or different ways because I want to personally come and present it. So we'll be doing that on the 20th of December, which is a, a week from Sunday. For anybody that wants to be involved, we're not, we're not twisting your arm, we're not making you do it, but I know a lot of people enjoy it like I do. And it also helps us going into the new year to uh, just start the year off good financially. So we just want to challenge everybody. I know some are here, weren't here last year and you don't know about that, so uh, be a part of that. Amen? Uh, get your Bibles open to the book of Isaiah. And as you're getting your Bibles open, I want to talk tonight, and this will be for the next four services. So from now for two weeks, two weeks from tonight, believe it or not, is the 23rd, which is the night before Christmas Eve, and we'll be having service that night. Uh, we're going to be singing Christmas songs for the next couple weeks. Uh, The 20th, we'll have our communion and our celebration of our best gift. But I want to talk about the word Advent. Now, some of you might have been raised in churches where it was a little more what we would call religious. And uh, you might have heard that word Advent more than if you were raised in a Pentecostal church or a Spirit-filled church. It doesn't mean that the word doesn't have meaning. It just means that you might not have heard it. So Advent is the word that it means basically leading up to Christmas. It's uh, really the four weeks leading up to Christmas. But we're going to have four services leading up to Christmas that I want us to focus on. And, and four of the things that are focused on in the Advent or the leading up to Christmas is faith, or sorry, hope, love, peace, and joy. And so we're going to be ministering on those for the next few weeks, those specific things. But look what the Bible or the definition says of Advent. The arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. So sometimes, how many know when you heard, hear a word and you've never heard it, it's like, what in the world does that mean? 
But how many know now that with the definition, that makes a lot of sense? The arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. How many know when Jesus came on the scene 2,000 years ago, it was the most notable event in human history? Amen? And I always love to say this for those that are here, maybe hearing new messages. We've got new people who are learning all the time, or maybe you've been saved for 50 years. This is the event that changed the clock of our world. We live in the year 2020 A.D. After the death, now you might say, well, that's mentioning the, the, the death of Jesus Christ. Yes, but B.C. was before Christ. When Jesus came on the scene, time stopped. And we started a whole new calendar because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so that's just one thing that I love to talk about because Jesus came and stopped time and started it over again. But look at the second part of that, what it says. The coming, or in our case, and second coming of Christ. So what we're doing leading up to Christmas is we're celebrating the coming of Jesus Christ to the earth the first time. And we know that at the same time, how many know, wouldn't it be awesome, by the way, wouldn't it be awesome if Jesus came back on Christmas Day? Wouldn't it be awesome if he came and came back on the same day? Amen? That would be the best Christmas ever. And so he, he could come back today, could come back next week, he'd come back next month. But the advent that we're talking about is an event. So we're, we're building up to Christmas and we're remembering what we're celebrating. But I want to get into something tonight that's really going to uh, bless you and, and challenge you to think about how important this is. I, I sent out the text today that said, I want to talk about something more important than the resurrection, and I hope that that got your attention, and I hope you were like, what could be more important than the resurrection of Jesus Christ? And that's a good question. I want to talk tonight about the virgin birth. Amen? Because if we don't have a virgin birth, we don't have a resurrection of a Savior. And so that event, how many know you can do a lot of things in your life, and you can have a lot of importance in your life, but if you weren't born, none of it matters. And so the cross and Jesus, we know that Jesus going to the cross, living a perfect life, dying on that cross for our salvation, resurrecting from the dead is what saves us. That is what our faith is in tonight. But one thing a lot of people leave out, and they don't do it on purpose, is the importance of the virgin birth. Amen? And so listen to this. Jesus, Isaiah 7.14 says this, and I know the Sunday school talks about this, probably mentioning it around this time of the year. They're teaching the kids this as well. This is 700 years before Jesus is born. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And I want you to leave that verse up for a second. And shall call his name Emmanuel. How many know what that means? God with us. Okay? Now this is a, I, we could just stay right here and spend the whole service on this verse right here. Because this is where time stopped. This is where something was prophesied, but something sticks out here that's very interesting. And it is the word virgin birth. And the reason that is so important is what I want to talk about tonight. We have to understand that a, a humongous foundation of our faith is based in understanding that Jesus had to be born of a virgin. Okay? And so that's what I want to talk to you about tonight, because we cannot celebrate Christmas without putting the emphasis on his virgin birth. So he was born of a virgin, and they called his name Emmanuel. Now let's go to the New Testament, Matthew chapter 1, 
verse 18 to 20, and let's look what it says. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. As his mother Mary was betrothed or engaged to Joseph, look what it says there, and the next few words are very key. Before they came together. Okay? Before they came together. This has always been God's plan for marriage, right? That people would get married, and then they would be together. Not trying to make anybody feel bad in here tonight, but how many know that's still God's plan? Some, some messed up on that. Some didn't make that their goal, or didn't, it didn't happen. Some of you didn't even know that was the plan, right? You got the old song, first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes the baby in the baby carriage. Well, lots of people did that the other way around. First came the baby carriage, then maybe they thought about love, and, and then maybe 13 years later they thought about marriage. <laughs> Just saying. We don't have any examples in the church like that or anything, amen? But that's under the blood of Jesus Christ, amen? There's what we don't know or what we're not paying attention to or anything like that. How, how many know what I'm saying? There, that's always been God's plan. And so they were engaged and it says, before they came together, she was, now, this is a conspiracy. Can you say amen? amen? She was found with child of the Holy Spirit. How many know, guys, that would cause some major problems? Can I get a big amen? Now, ladies, we're not, we're not, we're not trying to pick on you, but you were the one who knew that you had a baby in you, and you knew you haven't been no, with nobody. But it took a lot of faith. For Joseph to believe that she hadn't been with nobody. Right? And so this whole story begins to unfold. And I can see some of you guys raising, the guys raising their eyebrows in here. Amen? Like, oh, I don't know how I would have handled that. Verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, so he didn't handle it so well right at, right at first. He says, okay, I don't know how his anger level was. But the Bible tells us that he, being a just man, was just gonna, and not wanting to make a public example of her. You know what that means in those times? That she could have been stoned to death. That that's how they looked at that back in those days. And God still looks at it like that. Can I get an amen? And so he says, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. So he's, he's I'm going to try to make sure that we go on with this without anybody finding out about it because I don't want Mary to be stoned to death. I don't want her to have troubles. But he wasn't planning on staying with her. While he thought about those things, behold, this is probably the most important angel who's ever showed up on the scene from the Bible. Men, can I get an amen? Yeah? Does anybody agree with me? The angel needed to show up. Ladies, are you with me? See, you're the lady, and you know that you've got something in your stomach, and you know that you're, you're pregnant, but you know you haven't been with a man. And that's weird, too, but at least you know you haven't been with a man. The guy has to trust, and so God had to send the angel. Can I get an amen? Okay, I'm just making sure we understand that that angel really needed to show up. And appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived, this is key, that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Church, this is fu fundamental to our faith. This is, this is so important that you must understand 
that, and I'm going to show you scripturally why. This, this, is, this, this is just, sometimes I think we can get so caught up in the Christmas story, in the manger, way in a manger, no crib for a... And we get caught up in this Christmas story, and we don't realize how supernaturally important this is. It's not just a pretty story. It's fundamental to our salvation. Okay? How many are with me? And so, as I began to read this, she is conceived of the, of the Holy Spirit. There's another place where someone got, might go, wait, time out. Really? Like, how is that possible? Does anybody ever think about things when you read them in the Bible, or you just, just, automatically, just automatically just go with everything? Does anybody ever stop like me and think? God wants us to think. He's okay with that. So you say, wait, how, how is that possible that she can have a conception of, of a person without being with somebody and, and, and it's conceived of the Holy Spirit? Come on. But you know what? Sometimes we make things difficult that aren't that difficult. Before this service was over, I went over and, and asked some kids. I said, that little baby right there, John and Sissy's baby, I said, little baby right there, who, who, who made that baby? I said, and I asked four or five different kids. And I said, who made that, John and Sessie or God? Guess what every single one of their answers was? God. So if God made John and Sessie's baby, why is it so hard for us to believe that God made Jesus? God makes all babies. And we think, well, we can't, God can't make a baby without us. Every baby that's made is without us. He just lets us participate. Can I get an amen? Am I speaking the truth? Read Psalms. Read the, read the Bible there and talk about how intimately he, he makes these babies and he knows them and forms them in the womb and, and knew, knows them before they're even formed. And God makes the baby. He just lets us participate. So it's not that hard to understand it. But, but what we do have to understand is not the technical part of it, but the, the, the importance of it. John 1.14 says this, And the Word, Jesus, how many know that when the Bible says the Word, it's Jesus, and the Word, Jesus, became flesh. This is fundamental. If you're new in this place and you're just now learning the Bible, this is fundamental to our faith. Equally as fundamental as Jesus going to the cross. It says Jesus, a human, became flesh, sorry, a human, and dwelt among us. Isn't that, what the, isn't that what Emmanuel means? God with us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father. And here's those words we've been talking about for a few weeks. Full of grace and truth. Amen. How many are with me so far? That, that equally important. Now, now, that I'm, now that I'm preaching the message, I can tell you they're equally important. You say one's more important than the other. They're equally important. You cannot have the cross without the virgin birth. You cannot have the, if you don't have the cross finished with the cross, the virgin birth means nothing. And so it's all tied together, and they're equally important. But a lot of times we put the emphasis on the cross, and that is important. But if we don't have the virgin birth, there is no cross. Or if there is a cross, it's just another cross. Because I just want to remind you, in case you didn't know it, lots of people died on crosses. Jesus wasn't the only one. Matter of fact, if you read your Bible, he had one on each side of him as he died. People died by crucifixion a lot. 
So it doesn't take away the importance of the cross. But what I'm trying to say is if we don't have that virgin birth, the cross means nothing and vice versa. The cross means nothing without the virgin birth. But why? Why, why, did, why is this so important? Romans 8.8 8 gives us an answer. What does God's Word say? So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. How many want to please God here? God says, you cannot please me in your flesh. And, and this, is, this is a part where we have a hard time, a little bit hard time understanding because we don't grasp how hard it is for God to look at sin. And this is why we, and let me just pause here and take a second to focus on this room. This is why it's so important for us to have holiness in our lives. It's why it's so important for us to seek holiness and, and to separate ourselves from the world because when you start to think about the cross as we advance back to the cross for a second, and we'll come back to the virgin birth in a second, we have to understand that the, the, the problem with the cross for Jesus wasn't the pain. I'm, I'm not trying to get ahead to Easter here, but how many understand that it wasn't the pain of the cross? It wasn't the physical, and that doesn't mean that the physical pain wasn't horrible. All the physical pain he went through, but what you've got to understand is as he's looking at the cross, what he is seeing is the sin of us that is going to be laid on him. Every sin ever committed by us and by all of humanity. And so the worst part about the cross was that God cannot see flesh. He can't stand sin. He's a holy, perfect God. So we need to stop here for a second at Christmas time and understand, if you can, let me ask this real quick. Let me, let me go here for a second. How many are like me, just personally, because I'm, I'm preaching, how many don't like to have things on your hands or Let's just stay the hand. Maybe anywhere, but you don't like being dirty. You don't like, I'm not saying I don't get dirty. Trust me, I'm not afraid to get dirty, but I don't like to stay dirty. I like to be clean. I don't like to have sticky things on my hands. If anybody's ever eaten with me, I go through lots of napkins. The food can be amazing, but if I don't have napkins, I'm in trouble. I need napkins because I, I don't want the food. And maybe some of you are different. You like the food there and you lick your fingers, whatever. But I don't like to have anything on my hands. Is anybody else in here like that just so I can have somebody that relates to me? Okay. The rest of you, I won't call you anything. Amen. Just kidding. God, it's different strokes for different folks. But what I'm trying to say is, is we have to understand that God had to step out of, of perfection into this sick, dark, sinful world to become sin for us. And, and if you have never sinned, we, we, we don't think that's that big of a deal because we're, just, we're sinners. And we're born with a sin nature, which we're going to look at in a second. But I need you to grasp for a second what it would be like for you, let's just say this, for you to go into a situation that you hate, that's foreign to you. To go into, if you don't like mud, then to be thrown into mud. If you don't like the sticky things, then have sticky, whatever it is, I'm just trying to give you an example, for you to be thrown into that, and not only to be thrown, for you to offer yourself to go down into that. And that's what's so amazing about the gospel is God didn't just come down to the earth. He commonly know he could have gone into the Hyatt Regency to be born. He could have gone into the five-star hotel that he deserves, still came to the earth, but he said, no, I need to go down to the lowest of the lowest. And he was born where? In a manger. 
with animals. He went as low as you can possibly go so he could relate to everybody. Amen? But, but I don't think, and, and we're not going to get to it right now, but I want you to be thinking it, about it for the next couple weeks, that when he became flesh, it wasn't like, oh, you know what, I'll, we, we, God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit, they're talking, like we need to go down and fix this problem. And Jesus is like, oh, I'll go, no big deal. I'll go. We have to understand what he's stepping down into when we look at that verse. Then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So Jesus was not born into the flesh as we, we were. And this guaranteed, listen to this, that he would never lose his godly authority. Because God, when he came down, when Jesus came down to become that baby in that manger, he was fully God and fully man. Do you get that? He was both. He was still God. He was still the almighty, all-powerful God but he was fully man, fully crying. That, that, Jesus cried like that, just like that, but he was God in this world. And he said, I'll go, and he had to go through everything we go through. He had to go through all the pain. He had to go through all the temptations. He had to go through all the fears. He had to go through all the struggles that we go through but he had to live in this gross, nasty, sinful world that he hated in the sense of sin. Does that give anybody a better appreciation for the advent that Jesus came? Now watch this, 2 Corinthians 5.21. This, this is one of my favorite verses, but I'm going to read it in New Living Translation. For God made Christ, who never sinned, who isn't sin, who's perfect, who's God, to be the offering for our sin. This is the Christmas story, church. So that we could be made right with God through Christ. Isn't that a powerful verse? So God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Now this is important. If you're taking notes, write this down. No other person, no other person in the history of the world who has ever lived can claim what Jesus claimed. Nobody. I was talking to a neighbor the other day, and, and I was talking about the resurrection part, but it goes the same with the birth. Jesus did things nobody else does. Just in case you're wondering, if, am I in the right place tonight? Am I saved? Am I, am I in the right church? Am I in the right faith? Let me just remind you, you're in the right place. Because you are, you are serving a master and a king who, had, who, did, who did things no one else has done. No other God has been to the other side. You've heard me say that before. Here's a great witnessing tool. You want to witness to people and tell people about Jesus? Say, guess what? You're going to die. And so am I. No one's going to get away from death. But there's only one person who's ever been to the other side and came back. And that's Jesus. Amen? Only one who's been to the other side and died and came back under his own power. And there's only one who's ever come to the earth without being conceived by a human being. Can I say that again? 
There's only one person who's ever come to this earth conceived without a human being. And as we begin to say that, it begins to make more sense why we need the virgin birth. But in case you don't understand that, write this down. We are born in sin. Is anybody in here not born in sin this tonight? Let me see your hand if you were, if you were born, and you, but you weren't born into sin. Let me see if there's anybody in here that would want to make that claim. Nobody, right? And, and I don't care how good or bad or smart or dumb you are, no one's going to make that statement. No one could say that I was born perfect. We're born sinners. Listen to what the Bible says. David, King David, wrote this in Psalm 51.5. He said, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Amen? Did you hear that? David said, I was brought forth in iniquity, in other words, in sin, and in sin my mother conceived me. So every human being who's ever been born in the world was born in sin. Or in other words, born with spiritual AIDS. How many know when, you, when someone gets AIDS, when they're, with their, if a woman has AIDS and she conceives, she's going to pass that down because it's in the blood to her children. And so sin was passed down to us tonight from Adam and Eve all the way till today. And every single person, every single person that's ever lived was born, as David said, into sin with really no hope. No hope. Born with a death sentence. Aren't we born to die? Remember when I preached that message? We're born with a clock ticking down from the very moment we take our first breath. We come into this world with a big breath and a big scream, and the clock starts ticking down in our lives. So no one has ever been born without that sin nature that David is talking about. But Jesus was. And that's what makes our, our, our salvation so important. This is where you begin, hopefully, teenagers, to fall more in love with the Lord. You start to realize, man, I'm, I'm in trouble without Jesus. If I don't have Jesus in my life, I'm going to die a sinner. And what does the Bible say that sin does to us? The wages of sin is life. What is it? The wages of sin is death. So when, when if I'm a sinner, that means I'm going to die. And if, if I'm going to die, the Bible says in Hebrews 9.27 that it's appointed unto man once to die, and then comes judgment. How many are ready with, for judgment tonight? Not without Jesus, you're not. Jesus is our lawyer. Jesus is our advocate. Jesus is the one who came down and said, listen, I, I need to stop the sin nature. And the only way for me to do that is for me to come down and be born without the sin nature in me. There are people who have claimed to be God. There's people who said, I'm a God. There's people who, Jesus even said, many will come in my name saying that they're the Christ. Many people have claimed to be, there's many world leaders who have claimed to be gods or, or wanted people to worship them, but they're sinners. Jesus is the only one. That's what makes this virgin birth so powerful. And I'm going to end in Hebrews chapter 7, if you'll go there, to so see some powerful verses here. But before we put it up, I want you to think about something. And, and this is for anybody 
maybe who was raised, as I said in the beginning, in some kind of religion. This is very important because what religion has done, many religions, is with the virgin birth, there are people who believe that Mary was a virgin and she conceived Jesus, and that's true. But what happens is, is they try to put the focus on Mary, not Jesus. The story was never meant to be about Mary. Yet today, in many religions, and I'm just saying religions because there's more than one, many religions focus on Mary. Mary was a wonderful woman, mightily used of God. She had to believe that God had impregnated her with the Holy Spirit. She had to believe all those things. She was a, she, she was a, was a great example, but it wasn't about Mary. And, and many religions have actually made Mary, still to this day, a virgin. She wasn't a virgin after Jesus was born. She came together with her husband. And Jesus, and some people don't know this, had brothers and sisters. And so she didn't, she's, she's, today she's not the Virgin Mary. She was the woman that God used. But it's about Jesus. It's about who was conceived, not who conceived him. And so it's very important that we put our focus back on Jesus and understand that as much as Mary was used, many people in the Bible were used to get the gospel to us today. Go back to the Old Testament and look at people in the Old Testament, women in the Old Testament. Even Rahab the prostitute got the gospel to us today. And she's in the lineage of David. Ruth and Noemi and lots of people in the Bible were used mildly women, but it's not about them. It's about Jesus. This Christmas time is about Jesus. Now watch this as I close. Musicians, you can begin to come. Hebrews chapter 7. This makes it all real clear. Because of this oath, Jesus is the one. Say that. Jesus is the one. How many believe that? That's when we talk about Jesus being the center, that's why we do it, because it's all about Jesus. It doesn't matter if you have faith in Peter and James and John and the Apostle Paul and Mary and, and Joseph and, 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 and Abraham. and I, All those people are great. It doesn't matter if you have faith in them. The Bible doesn't say we're saved through those people. It says Jesus is the one. Why do we talk about Jesus so much? Because Jesus is the one. It doesn't say Jesus is one of. It says Jesus is the one. Can I just stay there for a second? Until everybody gets that? Jesus is the one who guarantees this better covenant with God. What does he mean? Verse 23. There were many priests under the old system. For death, stay, stay with me on this, prevented them from remaining in office. But because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. What does the other verse say? No one comes unto the Father except through me. Okay? Therefore, he's able once and forever to save those who come through God, through, to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God 
on their behalf. Church, people pray to Mary. People pray to Peter. People pray to the apostles. People pray sometimes to people. There is no other person in the Bible that we're supposed to pray to but God through Jesus. There's no scriptural evidence for us to pray to anybody else. He's the one. Amen. It's, so tell the person next to you, it's all about Jesus. Why? 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 Because, look at the next verse. He is the kind of high priest we need. I mean, how many have come in to know Jesus and began to learn the scriptures and realized there's a lot of things you needed you didn't know you needed? A lot of people don't know they need a Savior. He says he's the high priest we need. Why? Why? What makes him different? Because he's holy and blameless. Watch that next part. Unstained by what? Now, why is he unstained by sin? Because he was born of a virgin. He's conceived by the Holy Spirit. This is important doctrine, church. This is important doctrine. This is our, this, you might think, well, what is he talking? This is our salvation right here. You have to believe this. You have to understand this. This is discipleship 101. Can I get an amen? Unstained by sin. And it says, he has been set apart from sinners. And has been given the highest place of honor in heaven. Isn't that awesome? Why do we say Jesus is Lord? Because he's been given the highest place of honor in heaven. Jesus. Unlike those other high priests, look at this, he does not need to offer sacrifices every day as they had for thousands of years before Jesus. They did this for their own sins first, and then they would go in for the sins of the people. But watch what it says. But Jesus did this once for all when he offered himself himself as the sacrifice for the people's sins. Last verse. The law appointed high priests who were limited by human weakness. I'm going to be thankful that we have a God that is not like us. I am. We don't have to worry about there being an error or a mistake. He, they were limited by human weakness, that they could make a mistake, that we would confess to another person and they would have to take our sins to the Lord. That's dangerous and scary. I'm thankful that I'm praying tonight to the one who made the covenant perfect. And it says, but after the law was given, God appointed his son with an oath and his son has been made the perfect high priest forever. Amen. How many are thankful for that tonight? Amen. The perfect high priest forever. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Amen. God is a God of perfection. I want you to, I want you to thank the Lord tonight for that virgin birth. I want you to understand how important that is to our faith. That we are, we are worshiping God who did not, does anybody understand God did not have to come down? See, they, they didn't kill Jesus. They didn't grab him and throw him up on the cross. 
They didn't nail him, and, and he didn't have any power to, to get out of it. He laid his life down. But before he ever even got to that, he had to come down to this sick, disgusting, lost, dark, sinful world as a God who cannot stand sin. I don't know if we can grasp that tonight. I don't, I don't know. You know what it would be like, just to give you a small example, just a small one, and this isn't even going to pair in, compa- in comparison. It would be like you, some of you got the teenage kids here, sending your kid down into a gross mosh pit party in Las Vegas with all a bunch of drug addicts and prostitutes and just throwing them in there and just, just saying, go, go, go. Push them in there and just letting them. Can you imagine that? What that would be like? For your kid who's never seen anything like that, never heard anything, just to be thrown. God, that's not even an It doesn't even compare and compare, pale in comparison to what Jesus did when he came down from a perfect heaven into this sick, lost, disgusting, dark, sinful world to be born in a manger and then live on this earth every day of his life looking at sin being fully God. I hope that gives you a little bit of a glimpse of the love that Jesus had for us. Amen? A little bit. Because it's really impossible to really understand. Tonight, Father, I pray that I've spoken what you've put on my heart. I hope that I've helped these people understand how important the virgin birth is. How fundamental it is to our faith to believe that you were conceived of the Holy Spirit because you had to come into this world without sin so that you could become the ultimate sacrifice once and for all so that when you went to the cross, you were the perfect sacrifice so that God could be pleased once and for all. And today, when you see the blood of Jesus, it covers all of our sin. Help us tonight to have that revelation. Help us to love you more because of what you did on the cross. But understand that way before you got to the cross, you had to come into this world as a baby and live a life every day in a world that was foreign to you because it was full of sin and destruction, and dirt, and, and, and pride, and anger, and unforgiveness, and lust, and all the things that, that you can't stand, God, because you're a holy and righteous God. Tonight, as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, and you're watching online, tonight I hope that you put Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. I hope that, you've, that you believe in the virgin birth. I hope you believe in the cross and Jesus' death on that cross and His resurrection tonight. But if you've never done that, if you've never put your faith in Jesus, today's the day. Tonight's the night. Would you be honest with God all across this place and say, Pastor, would you remember me in prayer tonight? I want to make sure that my faith is in Jesus, in His virgin birth in His perfect life and His perfect death on the cross. If you've never done that, if you've never said, Jesus is Lord, would you lift your hand up? I want to pray for you all over this place. That's me. Pray for me tonight, please. That's me. 
I'm going to wait just a moment. That's me. I'm, I've never put my faith in who Jesus Christ is. Maybe you haven't understood. Tonight you're getting a revelation. Maybe you're here tonight and you said that prayer at some point. But man, you're allowing sin to come in tonight. God's giving you a revelation of how much he hates sin. How holy he is. How righteous he is. How perfect he is. And how much we need Jesus to stand between us and God interceding for us. He's the mediator. Church, we need a mediator. When you think about Sodom and Gomorrah, we need a mediator. We need someone to stand in our place and say, I died for them. Their sins are under the blood. Maybe you're backslidden tonight and you need to come home. Maybe you were raised in church and you've got a head knowledge, but you don't know Jesus. I don't know what's in your heart. Are you ready to stand before God? If that's you and you're not, just lift your hand up. We can pray right now. We can get things right. We can make things right right now. Maybe you're watching online. You're listening to the podcast. Holy Spirit's knocking on the door. That voice, as we heard Sunday, is speaking to your heart. and He's saying, let me come in. All over this place before we move into the second part of the service and we fill these altars up and spend some time thanking God for His Son. Let's say a prayer tonight for those that are watching online, those that are listening on the podcast, that everyone would have the opportunity to make Jesus Lord of their life. Would you repeat this after me? Lord Jesus, thank you for salvation. Thank you for a perfect plan. I know that I'm a sinner. Born in sin. Conceived in sin. As David said in your word. And I need a Savior. I believe with all my heart. And confess with my mouth. That Jesus Christ. Was born of a virgin. So sin was not in him. He lived a perfect life. And died on the cross. As the perfect sacrifice. For my sins. I accept that and believe that. Jesus, come into my life and be Lord of my life. Be my high priest. Tonight I give you complete honor as the one Savior of my life. Please write my name in the book of life. Forgive me for all my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the one... A big praise tonight. Amen.